being expressed. Last few weeks, we've seen some people trying some things that they hadn't tried in a while. Doing some things that they've been called to do, but just now beginning to express that. Can I tell you that as we begin to walk in faith and exercise the gifts that he has given us, we're going to see more and more of this kind of thing. It's amazing to me what faith can do. Mm -hmm. We're not going to hear people saying, I can't. We're not going to hear people saying, I won't. We're going to hear people saying, I'll try. And with the help of the Spirit, I will not just survive, but I will thrive. And I will do everything He has called me to do. I mean, we're not, we don't have to wait for the moment. The moment is here. The moment is here. The moment we've been looking for. The moment we've been waiting for. The moment we've been hoping for. It's breaking forth before our very eyes. Can you just take a moment and worship the Lord today? Just say to him what is in your heart this morning. Father, I thank you. You have been so good to us. You have been so generous with us. You have blessed us in ways that we've expected, and yet now we're beginning to see it manifest in our lives and in this church. And I'm so grateful to you. I'm so thankful for the many wonderful people that you have gathered into this house and around the vision that you have given. And I think it's one of the great privileges of my life to be able to be here in the midst of it and to lead in this moment. And Father, I don't want to take that for granted. It's an important thing to do because we're fulfilling the promises of God, which are yes and amen. In every instance, they're not maybe in might, they are yes and amen. And as we take steps of faith, as we step into freedom, chains will fall off of us. And as we take our authority in you, faith will be visible in our lives. And I'm thankful for what you have done over these years and what you are about to do. And we're about to see it break forth. I see it in my spirit, man. I feel it in my spirit heart. And I, do, I believe it to be true. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's good to see you here this morning. Praise the Lord. What an awesome, awesome day. I'm this side over here for the last three weeks has been winning the attendance. I just want you to know that. I mean, it's, it, there's, a lot, there's a lot of people on this side. And, and the left side is doing pretty decent too. I see a few people that I recognize are not here this morning. All of you people on this side, you need to give them a call this week and say, I was saving your seat and you didn't show up. But if you don't get here soon, we're not going to have your seat anymore. Now, this middle section, you guys have some work to do. And, and I, I realize what it is. I, nobody will sit up here because that's, that's lovingly known as the spit zone. Nobody wants to sit there. But listen, if I really wanted to spit on you, I can come to wherever you are and lay one on you. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Wouldn't it be wonderful to see this building absolutely full? 
of people who are seeking the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, I can't do it by myself, but you can. You can help, and you can invite. And we still got, what, about three or four weeks left in, in this year? And I want you to start inviting some people, if you will, and say, you've got to come with me at least one Sunday. And we'll, we'll promise we won't sit in the spit zone, but if you'll just come with me, we'll have a good time at church today. I've seen some, some people here today or, who are our own, haven't seen you in a while. It's good to have Wulu back. He's been traveling the world and been in Africa for a while, and he is back with us today. We're glad to see you. And some others, you've been out because of sickness and other situations. You're here today. Praise the Lord. I am grateful and thankful to you. Amen. Well, we started last week a series of messages around the Advent theme. Didn't Pastor John do a wonderful job last, last week? He really did. You know, the, the more he preaches, the more, um, the more confidence that he has and uh, I just see it building in him, and, and uh, the content of the message was so wonderful. And then today, I, I have brought week two, I'm bringing week two, that centers around this idea of hope. Aren't you glad that Jesus is our hope? He is the hope of the world. Aren't you glad that he has enabled each of us to live in such a way that we can live every day with an expectation of positive and good things in our lives? So today I want to talk to you for a few moments uh, about this idea of hope. I want to come at it from a little different angle today. And if you'll stay with me, I believe you'll get the point of the message and you'll understand that there is hope for all men, not just us, not just the one seated to our left or to our right, but I'm glad to know that there's hope for everyone today who can find it in Christ Jesus. So let's look at Romans chapter 15. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 13. Romans chapter 15, beginning at verse 1 through verse 13. It says, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good and to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised, to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. 
And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, and in him will the Gentiles hope. Verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Father, thank you for your word. I'm getting excited just reading it today. There's something about reading your word that builds faith in our spirit and in our soul. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So I pray today that you will help us to put away our earthly ideas and to accept as truth the word of God and whatever it says to us today, we pledge to do it. Because we understand that in the doing of the word of God comes the blessing. It's not in the hearing only, but it is in the doing and the accepting of the word of God. So I pray for this congregation today that as they hear, they will hear with holy ears to be able to receive what you will say to them today. And Lord, I pray for this preacher today that you'll give him strength in his mind and in his body. And that you will allow him to speak the word of truth in a way that it can be easily understood. So that lives can be changed today, not because of programming, but because of the power of the Holy Spirit, which will enable us to abound with hope. And I thank you in advance for what you're going to do today. And I give you all the praise and all the glory and the honor for you deserve it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So we've been talking about this idea of becoming Christmas. Becoming Christmas. How many of you know that we're all a work in progress? We're all becoming something. We're developing certain attributes and characteristics in our lives that are helping us to become more like Christ. Aren't you glad that we can be more like him? That we can be like Jesus Christ. That we have his nature inside of us. And if he is holy, we can be holy. And if he is full of hope, he is the God of hope, the scripture says, then we can be the people of hope. Amen? So that we're not dragging through life just barely making it. No, we've got our eyes fixed on the prize and the hope that is ours in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful that we can hope in him. So today I want to take this message in this passage of scripture and I want to share with you what I believe is the truth of God's word and it is simply this, that God has called everyone everywhere to be part of his church. It doesn't matter what color the skin, it doesn't matter how old or how young, it doesn't matter whether female or male, it doesn't matter whether they're United States born or born outside of the United States, 
Jesus Christ came and died for every individual. He created us all. We are all made in his image. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made. And we must realize that every individual who is living and breathing on the face of this earth is a child of God. He is a creator. Not just for the Kentuckians in the room, but he has created all of us, and he loves each and every one of us. The, the, the world calls it multicultural. That's the word that they use. And I think that's a beautiful picture of what God intends for his church. He intends for the church to be multicultural. Now, let me explain to you what theologians tell us that multicultural means. It means that from a biblical point of view, the human race is divided into two distinct groups of people. First of all, the Jews, which the scripture talks about as being God's people. But then it also talks about the Gentiles. So the Jewish people are God's uh, select people. It's where he started moving among uh, mankind, but it was always his intention to include everyone. And so if you're not a Jew today, then you're a Gentile. It doesn't matter what country you're from, what nation you're from, the color of your skin, it doesn't matter. If you're not Jewish, you are a Gentile. And the good news is, is that God didn't send Jesus just for the Jews, but he sent the Jesus to everyone so that we could all be saved. Now, we know if we watch the news much at all, that immigrants are flooding the borders of the United States of America, trying to get in any way that they can. And while I'll give you the fact that some of them are rough characters and they're attempting to break the laws and abuse the legal avenues for finding citizenship in the United States, it is also true that there are many good people that are trying to get to the land where they hope they can find a better life, where they can work where they can play, where they can raise their families, where they can be free from the abuse of their homelands. And so there are people who are trying to get into the United States in order to do us harm, but there are many, many people who are trying to get here because they need and want and desire the same hope that you and I have by living in the United States. And as the church... God will not allow us to put up our borders and say, you cannot come and we will not accept you. If God has created them and made them, we must find ways to reach out to the hurting and the hopeless and let them know that there is hope for them in Jesus Christ. Now, you may not like what I'm saying to you today, but I'm speaking the truth to you today. If God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I believe that means everybody from everywhere, every tongue, and every nation, God loves them with an everlasting love. And since we are his representatives on the face of this earth, we are the ones who must present that love to the world in such a way that they can not only understand it, but receive it. So there's hope that is available. The contemporary church has been given an unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel of hope to the nations that exist in our very communities. Many years ago in the church, we had to send missionaries to foreign lands. We still do that. We still have missionaries that are leaving the United States of America to go into other lands to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. But do you know that God has given us an unprecedented opportunity to minister to people who were not born in the United States or not native to the United States, but they may live two doors down from you. They may live on the same block as you in the same city with you. They may work with you on the job that you work at. They've come from all over the world. They've come from nations here and there and everywhere. And in my spiritual mind, I'm not upset by that at all. I'm excited about the fact that there are people who are looking for hope. And we have the hope uh, that they're looking for. Their hope will be found in Jesus Christ. Now let me tell you, if all they do is come to America, there's not going to be a whole lot of hope in that because America is in bad shape right now. Because we have lost our first love of Jesus Christ. And we have get, got to get back to loving Jesus with a pure heart. And when we love Jesus with a pure heart, we will quickly understand that he loves everyone around us. And we have the opportunity to express to them the gospel of Jesus Christ. I went to get my blood work done this week. And, and, and one of the young ladies that was helping me there and taking, you know how they do. They take your vitals and they, they get you ready to, to suck all the blood out of your body and that kind of thing. And. She asked me what I did for a living. I said, I'm a pastor. Oh, oh you know, where do you pastor? I told, them, I told her where. And she, she told me where she attended. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. And she said, I've been in the church all my life. She's a young lady. She said, I've been, she said, I've been there going all my life to that church. And, and, and she said, I grew up in children's church. And, I, and we started talking about some of the old songs that we sang in children's church, you know. Just she sang a few from her background, and I sang a few. Here we are in the doctor's office, and we're singing children's church songs in the room. And, and she gave me my flu shot, and she said, you might be a little bit sore. She said, just put out your arm, right arm, right arm, put it out, bring it in, put it out. And I don't know, I just immediately thought of Father Abraham. I don't know if you remember that or not. And I asked her, I said, did you ever sing Father Abraham? She said, I never have. I never heard of it. And so right there I said, Father Abraham had many sons, many sons. Do you remember it? Let's sing it with me. Many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord right arm. That's enough. And you know, there are people in the doctor's office thinking, what in the world is going on in there? 
I don't know where she came from. She obviously, to me, didn't seem like she was raised in the United States. But here we were from all different types of backgrounds and a different world. But we all, we all had this idea, both of us, of what Jesus Christ can do in our lives. And let me tell you, church, if we're going to reach what God has for us, we're going to have to be willing to accept and love everyone. So I want to give you just a few thoughts from the scripture today that I think will be helpful for us as we consider this idea of becoming hope. Becoming hope. The first thing is, we must be an accepting church. Verse 7 says, therefore welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So in other words... We've got to welcome anybody who ever graces this church. We must be willing to hold our hands out and shake their hands and greet them and love them. No matter what they look like. No matter what place in life they are on the social uh, uh, status and where they are on the ladder to success. God has called us to love everyone. It's one of the things that I love about this church is that we accept one another. I mean, we have different and various levels of relationship with one another, but we love one another. We care about one another. We're concerned about the needs of one another. We accept one another. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have different ideas. We all different. Let look different. We all have different hairstyles. And, and some of us go places that others don't go. And others enjoy things that others don't enjoy. But I'm thankful for the diversity of the church that God has given us and the ability to accept everyone. Secondly, we must be an inclusive church. Now notice verse 8 and 9. It says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. For as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. Now, the writer here gives us the two groups of people that we've already talked about, the Jews and the Gentiles. And he says, whether you're Jewish or whether you're Gentile, God has chosen to do a special work in you so that the world can see a revelation of God through you. And even though they may not see it through someone else, he said to the Jews first, it says to the circumcised, which was the Jews he said he would show truthfulness. In other words, God laid down the truth, the baseline, the basics of his relationship to this world. He didn't give that to the Gentiles. He gave it to the Jews. He sent prophets and men and women of God to speak in such a way that the truth of the gospel could be verified through his relationship with the Jews. But he said, I'm also going to use the Gentiles. I'm going to work with them in such a way that the world can see that I'm a merciful God. I'm going to establish the truth with the Jews. But I'm going to establish mercy with the Gentiles. 
Because the Gentiles don't deserve the same kind of relationship as the Jews because the Jews are my people, but I love the Gentiles as much as I do the Jews, and therefore I'm going to invite them in to the same glories and the same benefits and the same blessings and the same promises as my people, the Jews, and we're all going to be in this thing together. Somebody asked me one time, said, why, if we're all God's church, why are there so many denominations? Why are there so many different people? I'll tell you why. I think there are so many denominations because each one tends to emphasize a particular truth of the Word of God. And because they emphasize that on a regular basis then the world benefits from the revelation that God has given them through his word. They don't interpret the word differently necessarily than we do, but they have a revelation of the word of God that is somewhat different than another denomination. Let me just give you a quick example. When I grew up in the church, we were not taught anything about the doctrine of grace. The church I grew up in was, if you sin, you're going to hell. I mean, it's just that simple. And if you get saved and then sin again, you're going to hell again. And you're going to go to hell again. And you're going to go to hell again. And you're just going to, you're going to live in and out of hell your whole life. I was raised that way. I don't know if you were or not. But I was raised, I was scared to death of God. And then I started listening to some Baptist preachers. I started listening to James Merritt and, and David Jeremiah and, 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 and Stanley and, and so Charles Stanley and some of the others. I started listening to their teachings about grace. And I started realizing that the people who taught me in Sunday school did not have the full revelation of grace. And I don't know how that affects you or not, but I'm so thankful that I don't have to fall on my face every night before I go to bed and plead with God to forgive me again when he's already forgiven me and removed all of my sin from me as far as the east from, is from the west. I'm saved today. I'm not perfect. I sometimes say things I shouldn't say. I sometimes have attitudes I shouldn't have. I sometimes am not as helpful as I ought to be. But I'm thankful today that the grace of Jesus Christ covers my I sin, and I am secure in Christ Jesus. I'm thankful that I was raised in a Pentecostal heritage. But because even though the Pentecostals didn't really understand grace, they understood Pentecost. They understood the coming of the Spirit of God. You shall have power. Oh, man. After that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Shall have what? Power. Yeah, we learned years ago that if we're in Christ, 
We don't have to walk around with this feeble little faith where, oh, I just don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I'm going to get by. I, I don't know. It just says, uh, maybe I need to just check out. You know, maybe I just quit. No, not a Pentecostal. They, it, when it doesn't feel good to praise, they throw the hands up in the air and they begin to praise and honor the Lord. When they don't know how to pray, they just start praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, praying in a way that they may not understand with their understanding, but their spirit grabs a hold of it and faith begins to build within them and they begin to be victorious because of the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us. So we've learned a few things through the years. We've learned a few things from some of the other churches, the Methodist churches and the Presbyterian churches. We've learned a whole lot about social justice. And what it means to help those who are in need and to feed the hungry and to love the unlovable. You see, we Pentecostals can sometimes get so ingrained in our minds that we have to feel good every week that we forget that God has called us to give people a cup of water in his name and to love them with the love of Jesus Christ. So what I'm trying to say to you today, I'm thankful for the Baptist and I'm thankful for the Assembly of God and I'm thankful for the Methodists and the Presbyterians and I'm thankful for the Catholics uh, that are walking in the fullness of the Spirit of God and preaching Jesus Christ as the Lord and the Savior of this world. We're all in this thing together and we've got to be willing to stop throwing darts at one another and start saying, let's all preach Jesus and him crucified for the salvation of this world. Somebody give the Lord praise in the house today. Thirdly, we must be a church that is diverse in worship. Look at verses 9, 10, and 11. It says, and as it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. <clears throat> and again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. Now, this is pretty simple to understand, but I'm going to illustrate it to you. I need three Jews who can help me today. Do I have anybody like to be a Jew? Come on up, Becky. Come on, Jamie. Come on. Come on, Keith. By the way, did you guys see Keith on TV last night, wave three, giving his testimony and talking about how good God is? Amen. That's wonderful. I loved it. Come on up here, Becky. Hey, you guys are Jews, okay? Can you be Jews? See, I'm going to need you to go home and grow a beard and all that kind of stuff. Jews. I need three Gentiles over here. Can I get some Gentiles? Come on, Jane. You're the best. Lee, come on. Yeah. Hobble yourself up here, Jane. I need one more Gentile. Come on, Sean. Come on. I, I think I see your hand back there. Come on up here and be a, 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 a Gentile. Now, now, he's talking about worship here, and he's talking about the diversity of worship talking about how that we can worship the Lord together. Jews, Gentiles. And Jesus said, I, I come down by my spirit in my people and I worship with the Jews. I don't know how Jews worship, do you? I don't know how they do it, but let's worship like Jews. Let's sing uh, 
That's saying kumbaya. You ready? Here we go. That was Jamie's idea, right? Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my Lord. Man, these are some good Jews. Kumbaya. So they're going to sing kumbaya, okay? Here's the Gentiles over here. What do you guys want to sing? I know you want to sing rock and roll all night. Party every... I know. <laughs> Let's sing over here with the Gentiles. Jesus loves me, this I know. Can you do that? Let's sing. Jesus loves me, this I know. Gentiles here. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. So God says... Just like I worship with the Jews, I'm going to worship with the Gentiles. I will accept their worship from their background, from their diversity, but I will also accept their worship from their background and from the diversity that they come from. And so they're over here singing Kumbaya, and they're over here singing Jesus loves me, this I know. And what God is telling us not to do is say, well, if you were like us, you'd be singing Kumbaya too. And if you come to our church, you're going to sing Kumbaya or we're not going to let you stay here. And they could be over here saying, hey, we're holier than they are. We sing Jesus loves me. Their song Kumbaya doesn't even have Jesus in it. We're holier than they are. So if you're going to be like us, you're going to sing Jesus loves me. And we can have this thing where I'm going to go to this church because they sing Kumbaya. And I'm going to go to that church because they sing Jesus Loves Me. I'm going to go to this church because they use the hymnal. I'm going to go to that church because they sing off the wall. I'm going to go to that church because the preacher is dignified. And he never gets out of order whatsoever. I'm going to go to this church over here because when the preacher starts preaching, it's a strip tease every week. He just starts coming out of his clothes all the time. I'm going to that church. I'm going here. I'm going here. And we all love the Lord, but we're all doing it differently. You know what best represents the love of Jesus Christ? Come on over here, Jews. Come on over here, Gentiles. Is when we all come together. And we start singing our song together. Sing Kumbaya. Now, you ready? Kumbaya. Sing Jesus loves me right now. Jesus loves me this I Kumbaya, Kumbaya. Jesus loves me this I Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya, Jesus loves me. This I know. Row, row, row your boat gently down the street. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> so what, what, what Scripture is teaching us here is is that he wants us to worship together. We have one Lord and one Savior, Jesus Christ. 
He doesn't look different for the Baptists and different for the Pentecostals and different for the United Methodists and different for the others. No, he's the same Jesus. He's the same Son of God. He's the same one who was crucified for all of us and he is worthy for us to worship him together. Fourthly, we must be evangelistic. Notice verse 12. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come. Do you know who the root of Jesse is? Jesus. The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. In other words, what he's saying here is, is that the Gentiles aren't going to hope in the Jewish system of faith. That's not going to work for them. It doesn't matter if the Gentiles get circumcised or not. It will not work for them. They cannot find hope in the Jewish faith because there is no hope in the Jewish faith. There's only hope in one, and that is Jesus Christ. The Jews cannot have faith in the Jewish faith faith system. They'll be just as lost as everyone else unless the Jews experience Jesus Christ. So the Jews must experience him and the Gentiles must experience him and together the Jews and the Gentiles who are called by the same name can lift up Jesus in this world and make a difference in people's lives. I, I told you, I, it was either Wednesday night or it might have been a couple of Sunday go, uh, Sundays ago. I drove by this church that had a sign out front that said, Welcome home. All are welcome. No questions asked. And when I saw that sign, my first response was, Praise the Lord. If I ever look for a church, I might go there. Even though I've never been there, I'm not welcome home because I've never been there. But welcome home, no questions asked. Now listen, I know what they're trying to get to. They're trying to get some of their former members to rethink their disconnection with the church and to come home. I I wish we could get some of our former members to come on home. I've got people that I know will fight you if you try to tell them this is not not their church, but they haven't been here in months. They send their tithe in the mail, but they won't come to church. I hope you're watching on Facebook today because if you are, let me plead with you, come on home. Welcome home. We'll love you. We'll kiss you right on the lips if that's what it takes to get you back here. We love you. But that one phrase kind of bothers me. No questions asked. Because you see, if the church is not willing to question people and help them grow in their relationship with Christ, what good are we? You know, if if the church cannot say to talented and gifted people, why don't you use that gift for Christ? 
Whatever it is, why don't you beat the anxiety and beat the, the, the feelings of frustration and, and beat the comparisons? Why don't you overcome that and just take a step of faith? That's why you're seeing it all around us. That's, that's the reason we're seeing faith being expressed because people are saying, I know that I'm called of God. I know that he has anointed me. I know that he has gifted me and I'll be, if I'm going to sit down and keep my voice silent when there is work to be done for the kingdom of God. I'm going to use what I have for the glory of God. We need to challenge people to live higher. We need to challenge people to live bigger. So you're always welcome to come here. There's not one person that we're going to throw out. If you decide to come here, we're not going to toss you out and say, no, we don't serve your kind here. We're not going to do that. We've already discussed that. We've already talked about that. We're going to be a church that will accept and include anybody who wants to come in here. But I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to just dance around the issues either. Because I have to stand before the Lord one day. And I have to give account as to whether or not I preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ. And if I have not preached the full gospel of Jesus Christ, he's going to hold me accountable. Now listen, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want you to come in here and me just pick you out and single you out and make you feel about this tall. I'm not in a fight with anybody. I love everybody. It would be much easier for me just to keep my mouth shut. But if I'm going to represent the gospel of Jesus Christ, I must call out sin. I must say what the Word of God says. I can't make you to choose different. I can't make you change your mind about it. But listen, the Lord's not going to come to you one day when you stand before Him and say, hey, you did a good job. You were a wonderful professional. You had a nice car. You had a beautiful house. He's going to want to know one thing. Was your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Are you washed in the blood? Are you saved by Him? That's what he wants to know about. I have a real problem. I, I've asked the Lord to help me and to keep me focused on the right things. Because I'm really afraid that the church has got so focused in these last days on church growth. That we fail to remember that in preaching church growth. That our first responsibility is to build people into the people that God has called them to be. And if I'm always worried about building a church, I might want to tiptoe through the tulips. Well, if I say that, so-and-so's going to get mad. They won't come back. I got to tiptoe through the tulips to keep everybody happy. I got to dance around the issues. I can't boot, scoot, and boogie the Word of God because somebody might get upset with me because I'm not trying to build people. I'm trying to build the church. And in so doing, I've taken God's responsibility and claimed it as my own because the Word says, I will build the church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Not me. He said, I will build the church. He's called me to build people. He's called you to build people. <clears throat> He's called you to tell what God has done for you. 
We must be an evangelistic church. Because let me tell you something. We can be a fun church. We can be a, a, an exciting church. <coughs> we can come in and have <coughs> great music. Boy, the pastor sure does look good today. Look at him. Boy, doesn't he look good? Two of you. We can have the best dinners in town. I mean, we can put on church and do it good. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of churches that can put on church and do it good. But if we get so concerned about putting on church and doing it good, and we're not reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're failing in the divine mission that he has called us to. And that is reaching people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come help me quit Sister Baker, if you will. I haven't called her Sister Baker in a long time. That felt kind of nice. Sister Baker, is dinner ready? What'd you do today, Sister Baker? Eh, maybe not. Finally, we must be distributors of hope. I've already mentioned it's our responsibility to encourage others and to edify others. The writer of Romans says the only way you can do that is stop living for yourself and start living for others. Stop being consumed with what you need to do for yourself be consumed by what you can do for others somebody throwing stuff at me now did you do that sister baker I have to be distributors we have to give out this hope notice verse 13 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I want to be around people who are full of hope. I want to be around people who are excited about the possibilities that exist. I want to be around people who are looking forward to a day of victory, overcoming power. I want to be seeing sick people who will say, I might have some sickness and disease in my body, but I serve the one who took stripes upon his back so that I could walk in healing. And I'm not going to give up. And I'm not going to quit. And I'm not going to let the devil defeat me. I'm going to put my hope in the Lord Jesus Christ who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power of God that is in us. Distributors of hope. Spurgeon said we ought to be the happiest, most positive, most optimistic, most encouraged, most forward looking, most creative, most dynamic, most hope-filled people on the face of the earth. I'm so thankful 
that this church is a wonderful representation of that. You don't walk in here and have people going, I ain't want to come here today. I want to stay home. I'm mad at so-and-so over there and they just don't know it. That's real smart. You're the one suffering from the anger and they don't even know you're mad at them. Good job. You're smart. Been, in my, been mad at my husband for a week. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know it. Why don't you just go tell him I'm mad at you? Sister Baker does. Every seven years, it's a year of Jubilee, right? So every seven years, we, we work out all of our problems. Well, the seven years in between, though. I'm just kidding. I mean, we, we hold on to all of these things and these attitudes. And, 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 and what Spurgeon's saying is right. We ought to be the happiest, most hope-filled people on the face of the earth. We've got our eyes set on heaven. It's amazing to me. Through the years, how many people that I've sat with them in the last few moments of their lives or in the last few days of their lives. And they never say, they rarely, if ever, I don't think any have ever said, I wish I'd have had a bigger house. I wish I'd have had a different car. I wish I'd have had a different whatever. They just don't think about things like that when eternity is knocking on the door. The only regret that I've ever heard anyone who is close to eternity speak to me are those who have said, I wished I'd have lived closer to Jesus Christ. I wished I'd have loved my family more than I did. I wish I would have taught my children the importance of not just believing in Jesus, but in selling their lives out to him. I wish I would have put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness because all the other things would have come to me. I wish I had. I wish I had. Listen, we have the opportunity to turn that ship around right now today. We can live in hope beginning this very moment because we serve the God of hope who the Bible says will place in you in fullness joy and peace so that through the power of the Holy Spirit you might abound in hope hope means many different things to many different people stand with me if you will I recently heard it described like this. Hope is holding on with positive expectation. Hope is holding on with positive expectation. I'm living for a day that is beyond what this earth can offer. This place is not my home. I'm a pilgrim passing through. I love Louisville. I love you. I love my family. 
But one of these days, God's going to call my number. And we, when he does, I want to be ready. I intend to be ready. I've made up my mind to be ready. This world offers nothing for me to hope in and to hope for. This world is not my home. Heaven is my expectation. Heaven is my hope. I'm going there one of these days. I'm going up yonder, amen. I'm going to be where Jesus is throughout eternity. When we get there and we see the fullness of our Savior and we begin to worship Him, we're not going to remember about all the junk that we had to deal with on the face of this earth. We're going to be amazed at how God walked us through life and allowed us to be not only joyful and not over-overcomers, but hope, hope, hope. Whatever we face, I have hope because of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We were playing a party game last night with the child care employees and we had this one question that was asked. What is one of your hopes for 2019? And you had to start with a particular letter that had been predetermined. And the letter was R. And I was sitting there and I was thinking about what could I hope for in 2019? What could I hope for? What could I hope for? What could I hope for? What am I hoping for? 2019, three minutes. You only have three minutes. You better think of something. Two minutes. What am I hoping for? A minute. What am I hoping for? And all of a sudden, I'm hoping for the rapture. I'm hoping for the rapture. Listen, I've had enough politics. I've had enough of what this world has to offer. I'm saying even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. I'm ready. I'm hopeful that he's coming again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Prayer team, when you come and Prepare yourself to pray with individuals this morning. Let me tell you something today. There's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in His promises. You say, you don't know what I've been through. Hey, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the great high priest. The scripture says that He can feel the feelings of our infirmities because He's been through all things just like you. And just like me. And so as you're standing there wondering whether or not Jesus can help you, whether or not Jesus is your hope, let me just tell you right now, He is the greatest hope that you can ever hold on to. Because he's never been defeated. The devil's tried to hold him down. The devil's tried to keep him away from victory. He tried to steal his life. He tried to kill him. Put him on a cross. In a in a, a, a grave with a stone. But listen. Three days later. He broke forth out of that grave. When the stone was rolled away. And he lived again. 
and he's alive today where he ever lives to make intercession for the saints of God. Wow! If I wasn't too old to shout, I'd shout right now. I tried that a couple of weeks ago and I hurt for a week. But I'll tell you what, if I was younger, I'd be shouting all over this house today. Jesus is my Savior. He's my hope for all times. And He is your hope as well. As they begin to sing this morning, if there's something you've been hoping that the Lord would help you with, maybe that you need healing in your body, He's your healer. Maybe that you need a financial touch and restoration in your life, He's your hope. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He can provide everything that you have need. The scripture, the psalmist said, Lord, you are my portion in the land of the living. He has everything you have need of. It may be you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Let me tell you the most important thing that you will ever do in your lifetime is to choose to accept salvation that comes as a free gift to each and every individual who asks for it. And so if you're here today and you've never received Jesus, I want you to make your way down here and let us pray with you today. For those of you who remain in your seats today, I want you to just point your hand this direction and pray for those who come that the God of hope will fill them and empower them through the Holy Spirit to abound in the hope that God gives us. As they sing, will you come for prayer this morning? Hallelujah.
going to sing that song all together in just a moment. But before we do, I want us to make a declaration before we leave this house today. You know, sometimes it helps to tell ourselves that we're going to do our best to change the situation. We're not just going to talk about it, but we're going to put a plan in place whereby it can materialize in our lives. And I want us to declare this statement that is on the screen this morning. And as we declare together, I want you to memorize it and remember that there is hope in Christ Jesus. In fact, I'm going to ask you to do something this week. If you can do it at all, I would love for you to remember and memorize Romans chapter 15, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that through the power of the Holy Ghost you may abound in hope. Personalize it. God of hope, fill me with all joy and peace as I believe in you so that through the power Holy Ghost that you equip me with I will abound in hope I want us to say this and listen the minute you say it the devil's going to say alright I'm going after that one this week I'm going to get them I'm going to get them for saying that I'm going to be the wicked witch of the west ding dong the witch is dead the witch is dead but whatever the devil sends your way, know that you are empowered to overcome in Jesus' name. So on the count of three, I want you to say I'm holding on with positive expectation. Are you ready? One, two, three. I'm holding on with positive expectation. Say it one more time. I'm holding on with positive expectation. Give the Lord praise in the house this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. Go with the Lord and have a wonderful week filled with the hope of Jesus Christ. Sing us out of here, will you?
tired.